A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's Squiggly Career Podcast from Amazing If... Our podcast is here to help you develop the skills you need to be successful in the squiggly world of careers. And I'm Helen, one of the co-founders of Amazing If, and I'm here with the other co-founder, Sarah. Hi, everybody. And this week, we're going to be talking about career plans. It's a topic that's been requested from someone on Instagram. So we do listen, we promise. And it's all about kind of the role of career plans in your career. But actually, at Amazing If, we talk less and less now about career plans because we think it's much more effective in a squiggly career to have things called career possibilities. And so today's episode is going to be all about talking about what on earth is a career possibility, how you explore them and how you use them to your advantage to help you have a happy career. And so I think I will maybe hand over to you, Sarah, to talk a little bit about your career possibilities, maybe some of the things that you've done when, you, when you've gone from career plans to career possibilities and what that's looked like. Yeah, that's probably a good place to start, actually. So I'm a really natural planner. Uh, I love <laughs> to plan. I'm actually the least spontaneous person I know. I, I do not like not having plans or plans changing though you know I'm getting more relaxed the older I get which is probably very clear from uh, listening to me talk about it so career plans really appeal to me because I like knowing what I'm aiming for knowing where I'm going and then I can think about well, what's the best way to get there and so certainly in the first 10 years of my career I definitely did create career plans and that was useful to an extent because it demonstrated that I thought about what I wanted to do why I wanted to do that but the challenge with them is that they were very specific so to the point where the first career plan (laughs) I ever did which I'm embarrassed about now was one where I remember just remember doing this word document which had like a timeline on (laughs) that said that was exactly what was going to happen over the next like 18 months almost to like the date I think I was like on this date I will get promoted on this date, I will move into this team. How on did that work date, out for you? Well, like none of those things happened. I think I think I'd probably got about um, four or five milestones, and I probably called them milestones, which is nothing wrong with that. But that's that's probably exactly what I did. I'd plotted it out on this timeline, and I remember sitting down with my marketing director, a very a very senior marketing director, and saying, "So I've had a think." here's the plan basically and credit to her she saw all of the good in it and she was very encouraging but I think that showed me at that time just the limitations of thinking in that way because you are assuming and acting as if you live in a perfect world where everything stays still where things are really stable and even then and this is a little while ago now that just isn't the reality of work. You know, I was young and naive, so I'm going to give myself a slight get-out clause. (laughs) (laughs) Positive and enthusiastic, if nothing else. But I think that was the kind of root cause, I guess, of me starting to think a little bit differently about how I went around about career planning. And actually, I always used to get quite frustrated. I don't know if you've ever found this, where 
you hear really senior people speak about career planning and actually you hear quite a lot of really successful people saying, oh, I don't know, I didn't really think about it, to be honest. It's just <laughs> it like, just came to me, just this wonderful happened. career. <laughs> and I was like, oh, right, so you just became a chief executive or this stuff just like happened or, you know, you're a creative director and it just, you know, I... out of nowhere, it just appeared. <laughs> and I find that really, really, I actually find that really um, kind of demotivating to hear because then I think, well, if it all just is circumstance or happenstance or it's all maybe just natural then that means that basically I can't work hard or try to do it. And I don't think, we definitely don't advocate a happy career that's just founded on luck. I think there is some luck in a career, but we, yeah, um, we what we talk about and we'll, we'll talk a lot about in this episode is about exploring rather than planning. And I actually think too rigid a career plan, ironically, I think it can hold you back because if you've got yeah. that... I think I want to be here in 18 months and for whatever reason that thing doesn't appear. Maybe you were waiting for someone else to move on or maybe you're just not ready for it. It can be really demotivating and actually that it sort of holds you back without without intending that to be the outcome of it at all. You know, it's supposed to be something that moves you forward. I think that's where when we talk about queer possibilities and exploring opportunities, it's much more powerful because you're looking at multiple different opportunities and some of them may be right for you and some of them might not be right for you. But that's really the point in in thinking less about a rigid career plan and more about multiple career possibilities. You give yourself the option to explore them, try them on a little bit, maybe through things like side projects and stuff like that. And it helps you to make a happy commitment, I think, to your career rather than feeling demotivated when you don't get something or even having a plan with one outcome that you do do you do kind of get maybe you do get that timeline right but then you're in the role and you're like well this wasn't what I thought it was yeah, and yeah true. <laughs> I think the if I think about my my career recently actually and the benefit of exploring possibilities when I I work for Microsoft now before that I worked for Virgin during the end of my time at Virgin sort of the last nine months of it I was thinking about what I wanted to do next I couldn't necessarily see the right opportunity for me in the area of Virgin where I worked though I absolutely loved my time at Virgin and I was just having some conversations with people about what's it like to work at this place what what are the roles like that fit my skill sets just to kind of explore it and I got introduced to somebody I didn't even have a role yet they were just they were just an interesting yeah. leader and it was just a series of conversations and I didn't go into it at all with the intent of I want a job at this place it was just me exploring what's it like to work here what marketing roles exist here which ones would best suit my skills how could I add value? You know, those sorts of questions that over a period of time that was right for, you know, it's Microsoft where I work now, it was right for Microsoft, but it was also right for what I wanted to achieve at Virgin before I moved on. It then, that that possibility emerged quite naturally. Like I went in to be a director of evangelism. I didn't even know that job existed. So I would have never... I mean, that doesn't sound like a real job, Helen, so... <laughs> it was a very good job. And I would have never put that on a career plan because I didn't know that existed. And it only came to light and even as an opportunity for me because I just explored a possibility that was through sort of my network, really. I think it's, yeah. it's really powerful to take that approach. what can be a really good concrete starting point is think about your career must-haves. So this is something both Helen and I have spent a lot of time working on independently and then we share with each other, which actually is also really helpful. And, and career must-haves, you know, does what it says on the tin. It's what are the things that you really need in any role that make you really happy? 
that mean you're going to use the things you're great at, that you're going to feel motivated and driven. And those career must-haves vary wildly depending on what you know what what it is you want to do, what makes you really happy. But the thing I would really encourage you to do is be really kind of hard on yourself about are the things that you're listing must-haves or are they nice-to-haves? Mm. Because sometimes I think you can end up with a really long list of career must-haves and you're like, I'd like this and I'd like that <laughs> and I'd like this. And you're like, okay, this job just does not exist. Unless maybe you do the job that you just described a minute ago, which also sounds like it doesn't exist. <laughs> but this is really about trying to be very specific about the things that can help you to kind of make some choices as you're exploring possibilities and stop you getting sidetracked by, uh, we call, sometimes call them shiny objects. So shiny objects can be anything from a particularly cool office, you know, with table tennis in or whatever. Sometimes it could be salary. Sometimes it might be one particular person. Now, those things, if they're your career must-haves, that's absolutely fine. But if they are things that are more periphery to you and you sort of have your head turned by them, it can distract you from what are the things that are actually really important to me. Mm -hmm. And time and time again, I think we found that a really useful starting point for exploring possibilities and then working out does this actually feel right for me or not? Maybe let's make it real. What what are some of your career must-haves? So I think for me, there's something about creating. I'm not a creative, as would be described in some kind of marketing worlds, as in I can't draw or anything like that, <laughs> uh, which is very evident if you come along to any of our courses. But I am, I absolutely love to create things from scratch, which is why I have side projects and love to volunteer and do things like Amazing If. But I need that in my day job as well. It is so important to me that if I don't have the opportunity to create in some capacity, I feel really demotivated, lose my energy, my sort of passion and enthusiasm. So that's one career must have the ability mm. to create. The second one for me is uh, to work with people who are going to challenge me, who I can learn from and who I feel actually are complementary to me. That That's something that I, I look for is, do people probably share the same values as me broadly, but actually have they got some different things? You know, is there kind of diversity of perspective, experience? Yeah, am I just going to learn something a bit different? Because if everyone's exactly like you, I think that only gets you so far. Yeah. And actually having worked in quite a few very big companies, you sometimes do get a bit of that where everyone's a bit too similar. Yeah, I've um, definitely worked at companies where and it's been a real turn off for me when I've worked at companies where everyone's just been like kind of the same universities and they're kind of really, really yeah, similar. Exactly. And, but that might be right. There's probably for a lot of people, it was a pretty big company that I worked for when it was like that. For a lot of com- people, that's probably quite nice and quite comfortable. But for me, I always think one of my career must-haves is what I call like bright, sparky people. And I mean sparky because they're intelligent, but also a bit sparky because they're a bit different. I like people to... I like a little bit of debate and as I know one of Sarah's uh, must-haves is definitely not conflict at work. No, but no I thanks. actually quite like those little sparks of kind of debatey energy in, in, a, yeah. in a team, in an organisation. It really attracts me. And I think another must-have for me is about the, the, the newness of things. Like I have to, I get bored quite easily. So I have to be in a role where there's a lot of new, like launching new things, starting new things all the time or... For me, I just end up doing it outside of work. I can always tell when yeah, I'm not yeah. getting that in my job. And I'm like, oh, I started another venture. <laughs> you always like variety, don't you? I yeah, think in everything yeah. that you do, you're not a continual improvement person. You're a, there's lots of ambiguity, white space. 
you need to figure that out person the, you know we've, we've given you those examples so that you can you guess see practically what does what does a career must have sound like but actually there's a lot of power in telling somebody you trust what your career must-haves are, whether it's a friend or your other half, or someone in the family that's a bit objective, because when you're faced with the shiny objects, they can challenge you in a way that you might not be doing. So if I ever go to Sarah and say, oh, I've got this brilliant opportunity, Sarah's the first person who can say to me, hang on a minute, Helen, let's go through kind of your three or four must-haves. Where does it sit on here? You're, you haven't even talked about this thing. Are you being honest with yourself? And it's really, really helpful, particularly if maybe you've been a bit swayed by that stuff. Yeah, and I think your career must-haves can change over time. I was reflecting on what my career must-haves would have been 10 years ago versus what they are now. And flexibility is definitely a career must-have for me now. But 10 years ago, that wouldn't have even been on my radar. Yeah, totally. So I think some something sometimes with career must-haves, it's also about context and your current situation. And you can, these are things that, that do evolve and do change depending on you know, what's important to you at that particular time. What it just helps you to do, I guess, is make trade-offs as you're thinking about what might be right for me to make sure that the job is right for, right for you and not just right for that organisation or the thing that you think you should do. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think is a, um, a massive thing that I see when I'm kind of mentoring people is there's this almost obligation that some people feel to, oh, well, I should go for that job. As soon as someone says should, I always think, oh, but you obviously really don't want to. And that's maybe because they, they're really great at their job and they feel like they should go for promotion. But actually, they'd like to do a sideways move or actually they'd like to go and work in a different type of company. Or, or I should leave this company because I've been working here for too long. Yeah, you know, that's another really yeah. classic one. And again, you can keep working in the same company for really long periods of time and still have an amazing career. And uh, I think there's a misnomer that you always have to leave companies to keep progressing and keep learning I, just, I think that's just not true so if you hear yourself saying should or if you hear somebody else saying should look out for that as a let's just pause for thought and work out why should you and you might also I'm just trying to think of ways that you can generate some ideas for your career possibilities yeah. so maybe there's a couple of those shoulds I should do this promotion I should you know move on from my company maybe there are a couple of those that could generate you some possibilities but also maybe write some coulds, I could do this, I could do that. And don't limit yourself with, oh, I could do that, but it doesn't pay me enough. Or I could do that, but I've not got that experience yeah. or whatever Whatever the things. Just stop with the, the, the kind of the flip side that turns it off and just open up your possibilities with some, I could do that, you know, I could go run my own business. I could go be promoted at Microsoft. I could go back to university and do some PhD whatever they are there are lots of coulds that I could do I think the idea is with career possibilities to get as many options that excite you you don't just put them down for the sake of it but get as many options that excite you down on a piece of paper so you're almost sort of drawing a potential squiggle for yourself and then sort of focus in on the ones that give you the most energy and to again as Sarah said earlier to make this a bit less vague once you've got two or three possibilities that excite you, you've got some energy behind them, then get really specific about what you need to know about them and one person that could help you. So if I said, what I could do is go and lecture about marketing at university. Let's say that's a could for me. Um, What I might 
need to know is how I would move to do that from my corporate job. Could I go straight into that or do I need to you know, do some other qualification? That might be something I would need to explore. And what one person that I could speak to is probably someone I've just finished my MBA and it's probably someone at the business school that I went to that could help me explore that. And I, and I know specifically that person's name and that could just be a phone call or an email, but it would then help me to explore that possibility. So it's more than just a thought in my mind and it then becomes a bit more of a concrete, okay, I have a conversation and that will provide another next step for me. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. How would you like to look 5 years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking 5 years younger at 6 months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One thing to remember as you explore these possibilities it's okay to then discount something. Mm. Um, definitely explored possibilities that I thought on the surface going to be really well suited to me, seemed to match really well with my career must-haves. Started to do a bit of that, oh, what would I need to know? Start talking to some people and realised quite quickly, actually, this wouldn't be the right thing for me. And that can sometimes feel uncomfortable because that's it. that can be a new experience. You feel like you're kind of opting out of something, but it's much better to make that choice and that decision before you've started mm. a role than it is to start a role and then think nine months later, this is a really bad decision. I mean, I made an awful decision in my career quite early on where if I'd, <laughs> I have, know known, what you're say. <laughs> if I'd have known what my career must-haves were, I would I would never have gone into that job and I didn't interrogate it enough before I started. And once I started the role, really quickly I understood that the actual day-to-day of the role was very far away from 
yeah, basically anything I could ever do ever. So, you know, I'm so I to get know it the spectacularly wrong. <laughs> I know the situation Sarah's talking about because we went to university together and I know every job that Sarah's had. And do you think that one in particular, it was a, do you think it was a, a, a shiny object thing that was going on with, yes, the, with the brand? To, to, or... Totally. The shiny object for me in that instance were the brands. Mm. So they were two high profile brands. One of them was sporty, which which always really appealed to me. And actually, the other shiny object, bizarrely, was the interview process. <laughs> so it was it was quite a creative and quite an interesting interview process that I sort of really enjoyed. Yeah. So you had to talk about a brand that you loved, why you loved it. So I'd got boards and all sorts and, and absolutely, yeah, just really enjoyed the process and then was absolutely delighted to be offered the role. But at no point had I actually worked out what I was going to be doing. And because I'd not really explored at all it was very I've been very black and white about it there's a job to be honest with quite a lot of shiny objects I was unsuccessful of course I'm going to do it there was no point where I just paused and thought how well suited am I to this you know I would now I was early in my career but I'd still worked for long enough that I could have at least you know asked myself the odd question do you know what it's a really interesting thing you were just saying about the interview process and it's a little bit of a tangent but I think it's a relevant insight for people listening and a some a kind of a, some advice that someone gave me a while a, quite a long time ago about um be I think they said like be aware the allure of a manager or be aware of the cult of the manager and the idea that behind the kind of this advice that I was given was that when you're going for a new job do not accept that job on the basis of the manager because yeah. that manager might not stay around maybe they'll move onwards in the company quite quickly or they will whatever whatever they might move out of the company and if the sole reason that you have chosen to work for that company is because you've been really inspired by that manager that can be quite difficult and I was just thinking about when you're talking about the interview process I also love a like a I like quite a challenging interview process it makes me feel like when I've got through it it's sort of I'm, I'm worthy of it and it makes me always want the job well, basically more. let's face it it helps your ego yeah, doesn't it yeah yeah you know, that's that's the thing it makes you feel special and but I think all that is sort of like this allure that can be created in this interview process when you meet a manager or you go through a creative or a challenging interview process and you have to just get behind that a little bit into the job and I'm not saying if there's an amazing manager don't don't have that as a factor but don't have it as the main factor because if that's like one of the only people you've met in the business and that's the main reason that you're going to work there, I think sometimes it's a bit of a risk, I think, when you're choosing choosing jobs. I have done that in my career. I've definitely moved to places because of managers and then within months, either I've, my role's sort of changed or they've moved on. Thankfully, there were other reasons I went to those businesses, but it's definitely been, uh, I have experienced that. I've heard, I've had the advice and then I've also experienced it in roles. And so I think everybody needs to make this transition, I think, from career planning to career possibilities It's all about having an exploring mindset. And then I think once you know what those career possibilities are, thinking about what you need to know, who can help you, is something you can take ownership for, but also sharing those career possibilities with the people around you. I found it amazing how once you share the things you're interested in, someone will know someone who knows someone. Mm. You know, even the people who come to our courses, occasionally I might, you know, share an example of when I was head of corporate responsibility at Sainsbury's. And the amount of people who then come and talk to me and say, oh, I'm interested in working in a charity at some point. Like, who do you know? Or how did you find that experience? And there's always someone I can recommend to them to talk to. And so when you start doing the kind of exploring, share it with as many people as you feel comfortable with. And because I think you'll find that those people will then just kind of help you with that process. 
and also look for other opportunities to do that exploring because often you can do it within your job or within your company but sometimes it does mean if it if that possibility is quite far away from what you do today you might look outside of your organization to start getting a bit of a feel for it so whether that is a side project whether that's volunteering particularly if you did want to do something like work in a charity I always say to people well do you volunteer Mm -hmm. do you do you spend any time volunteering in a charity because the best way to get to grips with how a charity works is to volunteer so try and think laterally and creatively about how you can get to grips with an organization or a type of role you know use things like Glassdoor now you know, there are, there are lots more ways now that you can kind of transparently get a feel for both a, a sector, a role, the type of organisation. So I think just be as open to as many different exploring avenues as possible. And appreciate this takes a bit mm. of time. This is not about an overnight, I'm going to go for a job in a week's time. This is more about something that you commit to practically and realistically. You explore maybe one or two possibilities with a bit more rigour and time. And then, you know, you've got a couple to one side that you sort of look out for opportunities if they come your way, but you're not being really proactive. And then other ones become a bit more proactive. So I I feel like you kind of have this mixture of ones where you're being slightly more proactive and ones where you're being slightly more reactive. Well, that's how I think about it anyway. I think it's probably a good segue then to top tips because when you're talking, a tip comes to mind for me about having a thread between possibilities. Yeah. So I think the the one of the outputs of exploring is that actually you could be moving a role from roles that are quite different so sarah talked about working in corporate social responsibility and she'd actually within sainsbury's you move around like marketing you did pr yeah. you did csr quite a few different things and i think that that there's nothing wrong with that at all and i think we'll see more and more of that in squiggly careers that people will move around in slightly different disciplines slightly different industries it's just it's the nature of squiggly careers and i think if you're going to do that my top tip is to start thinking about what connects those things start thinking about what your thread is that means that you can move around from different industries or slightly different roles but it still makes sense to somebody when you're talking so yeah. for example I've worked in sales I'm a co-founder of Amazing If I've worked in almost every industry that I could possibly be chalking up but I have this thread around growing people and businesses and that creates a bit of a narrative as I move across different roles and I get the variety that really appeals to me but it still makes sense to people and I would just think go explore possibilities go find out where your strengths create the most value don't limit yourself to just one discipline or one industry if that's you know if you want to go broader than that do it but just think about what's the thing that's unique to you that connects across all those different experiences and and when you realize some of those possibilities i thought you're going to do that cheesy quote that you do about challenges then no, we, did we, you? I could do it. Like, everyone's like, what's the cheesy quote? My, I, my think, cheesy I feel, quote I feel is... you should because I was really ready for it and then like, you, <laughs> yeah. it didn't come. And I, I was like, where you. is it? Where's... I come feel on. like every, every week we need a cheesy quote. Well, um, you, need, you need a cheesy quote. <laughs> I love a cheesy It's not that bad. So I do quite like this one. So it's about challenging your limits, not limiting your challenges. But I oh. believe in that all the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know you do. <laughs> Go on to your tips, Sarah. Stop mocking me. My top tip is to be open-minded, I guess, about your possibilities. I I really admire some people I've seen who have taken what I consider to be quite brave moves, often because they've been very open-minded about their possibilities. So whether that's a sideways move, moving into a different discipline. I've got a friend who works in marketing 
who actually moved out of marketing into finance. And I just remember thinking that's an incredibly brave thing to do but she could do it confidently because she knew what her career must-haves were Mm -hmm. she knew they would value a lot of what she got to bring and back to your point she was clear about her thread so what her narrative would be because she always thought she would go back to marketing which she absolutely has done but actually all of that commercial experience has stood her in amazing stead but she was really open-minded about that and I think a lot of people would think oh no that might be a bit weird or a bit too wonderful. How would that make sense in terms of things mm. I want to go and do? And we actually had another guy who has been on one of our training courses who emailed us, I think, a couple of weeks ago to say he was, after a couple of years, he'd been really open about what he wanted to do in his company and they decided collectively just that opportunity wasn't going to quite be there. And actually he's moving into a completely different industry and he said he was really nervous, but the thing that gave him confidence is that he'd done this career must-haves exercise. So I now feel very responsible. I really hope I really <laughs> hope this all works out. And that he he said he had an amazing if moment and felt it's okay. I know this is going to be brilliant. I actually am really nervous for his like first. I just want his first couple of months to be brilliant, and then I'll kind of breathe a sigh of relief. So that's my top <laughs> tip: be be open about your possibilities. And I think maybe my my last top tip before we go on to resources about thinking about this as just part of how you work. So finding new roles takes quite a long time. It's another reason why this career planning thing can be a bit tricky. So if you decide I want to move on and you just focus on one role, there are lots of things that can go wrong and that can take quite a lot of time. Whereas if you're constantly exploring career possibilities in a really natural way, so this is just about what am I interested in? Where do I think my next moves might be? Who can I talk to to explore it? But just having that as a sort of a constant thing you're thinking about, sort of once a month, you're having a conversation about a possibility with somebody, like make the time for it in your diary. But just treat this as less of a, I want to move in the next six months, therefore I need to explore two possibilities. Like treat it more as, I'm exploring my career for the future. Every month, I'm going to have a conversation about a possibility that feels interesting to me just to find out some more. And as Sarah said before, you might close it off, you might have another conversation, who knows? But if you can just treat it as a slightly more natural part of how you're working, you'll find that it helps you with your networking, it helps opportunities come to you. And again, as we always say, it just helps you to be a bit more in control of that squiggle. Yeah, I think you never know when exploring those possibilities will be helpful. So you need to be quite conscious about doing it because if you're not conscious, I think it just doesn't happen. But I don't think you have to explore possibilities with an end in mind. And actually some of my most successful moves or kind of exploring has, has not been with a specific end in mind. It's just been because I think either an individual's interesting or their business is interesting and then it kind of pops up again, sometimes 18 months later, sometimes five years later and that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Shall I do a few resources? Yes, let's. Excellent. I'm not sure if we've mentioned it before, but there is a really good book by Reid Hoffman, who is the founder of LinkedIn, called The Startup of You. And actually, I think it's fair to say he probably inspired our thinking on career possibilities because he talks about applying startup mindset and mentality to your own development. Because we often spend way more time thinking about the places that we all work for, the brands we all work for, than we do for ourselves. And he talks about plan A, plan B and plan Z um, Mm -hmm. planning because it's very American but it's great it's a, it's a really good book and it's very practical and it's an easy read so um, definitely check that out 
and a couple of others in a similar vein. There's something called Business Model U. I think you can get that online. You if can, it's, yeah, it's on the it's, website, um, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there is a whole book. It's basically, if anyone knows about Lean Canvas, it's that sort of a template. So Lean Canvas is like a one-pager that lots of startups use to really focus the intent of their business. Business Model U is the same concept. It's like a one-pager that helps you to really focus in on bit like we say must-haves but it's not their language but some different aspects that can help you to focus on your possibilities so I think you can just look up just google business model you and you should get a template there is a book as well it didn't add much to me the book to be honest I think the template did enough for me so maybe Good start there. There, I know I know <laughs> and then there's a guy called Edward Shine who did some work on career anchors the work has been around for quite a long time now but it's Again, it's in a similar sort of stream of thinking to career must-haves. So it's worth looking at. And as the name suggests, it's all about what are those things that you hold really dear? What are things that are really important to you? And then there's a great website and some brilliant resources on something called 80,000 Hours, which I had recommended to me relatively recently. And actually, I think they're a not-for-profit or a social enterprise. Yeah. And they just have so many things that are really helpful to read actually resources on loads of different stuff but they published a brilliant article all about career planning career possibilities a couple of weeks ago so definitely have a look at that 80,000 hours if I'm not mistaken that's how many hours we're going to spend in our careers isn't it that's the that's what's behind that's the yeah I think that is the premise but I feel (laughs) like that number is probably Uh. going up every year when we're not going to be able to afford to retire so it's probably like 81 82 (laughs) (laughs) that'd be really depressing if each week on the podcast we were like this is now 80,000 hour and one (laughs) that is not a feature we'll be introducing however a feature we genuinely will be introducing is I am going to start tweeting the resources on the day that we post the podcast so our podcasts always go live on a Tuesday. Go to Instagram where we're amazing if, or you can go to Twitter where we're amazing underscore if. In both places, I will tweet or Instagram post the resources Ooh, because we get you've said it now. I know, okay. I know, but we get so many people asking for it, and they say that they're listening to the podcast. I don't know, in their car or on the commute or when they're running or whatever you're doing. And a, th- a couple of people are like, we can't get them down. So we will do that. We're also updating our website. So in the next couple of months, we'll intend to have a post for each podcast and you'll be able to click through the links on there. So just bear with us for now. Check out Twitter, <laughs> check out Instagram, and that's where you can go find them. We're in exploring mode, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're work in progress. That is one of our yes. business values and it's very, very live. <laughs> Uh, so next week then next week we're going to be talking about stress and stressing careers and this again came up as a suggestion from one of our listeners and it's something that I think Sarah and I will talk be able to talk really honestly about you know we talk about happy careers and squiggly careers but please do not be mistaken in thinking we never get stressed we often <laughs> have different levels I think you of stress. need to hear the outtakes of this podcast to know <laughs> that we get stressed so I think we'll, we can maybe talk a little bit next week about what some of those triggers are how we're aware of them how we now manage them and we'll talk about maybe different zones of stress as well and how we can be aware of how we're moving into them so hopefully that will be something that's um useful to you if you feel that sometimes you are dealing with stress at work which i think a do you lot know what of i've do done all the time I've, what have you done? I've downloaded so app of the year is an app called calm okay i've downloaded it ready for this next week oh, so wow. before we record the next podcast i'm going to try it out and then talk about whether i found that helpful in terms of feeling less stressed look at that app reviews as well 
so until next week then you can of course stay in touch with us we've mentioned instagram and twitter you can follow us there we do lots of different posts about what's going on in our in our days and our careers also on instagram we do a daily squiggly careers tip that you can find in our instagram stories and we really like to get your feedback and we're getting quite a few emails from people as well who are like you say you like feedback here's some feedback and it's yeah we love it we do we do honestly the best part of our day makes (laughs) us so happy it makes us really really happy so please you can email us at get in touch at amazingif.com you can email us if you don't like it as well you don't have to just yeah you don't have to just say you like it we're uh, open to everything and also your suggestions for future episodes it's really helpful to us because it means that we're talking about things that are actually useful to you and it also helps us plan for all of our episodes so feel free to suggest things i think that's it for this week so we'll, we'll leave it here and we'll speak to you next week all about stress see you then thanks for listening everyone bye bye hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.